Welcome to Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home and true Southern sister, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio Program. I'm your host, Jenny McCormick Earhart. I'm in the studio with my wonderful sidekick and fellow Southern sister, Sandy Weaver Carmen. Hey, darling. It's How a good day. It is. It, it is. is. It's yeah. springtime in the South. And it's Saturday. And it's Saturday. Doesn't get a whole lot better than Saturday. A springtime Saturday. Yep. Lots of free time and yep. fun to putter in the garden. I have not killed my tomato plants yet. Congratulations. Yeah. They're, they're, they're making, still alive after they're, two weeks now? <laughs> yeah. Two weeks. Okay. Yes. And I see something that I think looks like might be the beginnings of a couple little tomatoes. And okay. so I, I, uh, I'm, I'm optimistic. Okay. I don't have a good history with gardening. Okay. Now, you know you have to get a little rough with your tomato plants, I right? I don't know what that means. When the flowers open, right. go out with a little pencil or something like a, I don't know, chopstick or something or a barbecue skewer yeah. and just tap on the plant near the flower just a little bit. Just mm-hmm. tap, tap, tap because tomato flowers are self-pollinating. Ah. And so if the bee doesn't go up in there and mess them around enough okay, and there's not enough breeze, then your tomatoes won't pollinate. So I need to go in there and give nature a helping hand. Yes. Or a helping so chopstick. Or get things get things <laughs> yes. moving. Yes, but just gently tap near the right. near the flowers, just yeah. to make sure that they pollinate themselves. Well, and I, then you'll have tomatoes. I have visions of tomato sandwiches and and you know caprese salads kind of floating in my head. Of That's what you I'm do. thinking and tomato about. Tomato pie, right? Yeah. We talked about that before. Oh, yeah. Well, it is a beautiful week, and uh, it's actually been a beautiful week uh, in my life for a number of different reasons. Um, I know that I've talked a little bit in the past about my sweet mother being in hospice, mm. and um, I have to. To tell you, she um, she went to be with the Lord on Sunday, and I was there alone with her, holding her hand. And I think, it, honestly, it was probably one of the most moving and meaningful experiences of my life. Yeah. And I, I honestly, while I have grieved, I am also just I'm really surprised at how I've been filled with just an overwhelming sense of gratefulness mm-hmm. and gratitude for her life. Um, you know, she taught me how to be a Southern woman. Yeah. You know, so yeah. when I think of her now, it's just um, it's in the most wonderful way. And she gave me a tremendous gift that I'm so grateful for. And mm. and you gave her a tremendous gift at the end. Well, yeah. and now your mother is with you all the time. Well, you know, and not in a spooky way, no, not in a weird way. She's no. just in your heart all the time. And you, you mentioned to me earlier today. And uh, you had never heard this I before. I have never heard that. But why don't you share with everyone just what you were telling me about the way that I can remember my mother daily, really. Twice uh, a day, your mm-hmm. mother will remind you yes. that she's with you. And at first that sounded strange to me. Yes. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and you'll look at the clock. And you'll yeah. be very surprised to be glancing at the clock at exactly the time that it shows your mother's birthday. How about that? My mother was born on October 16th. Mm-hmm. I am shocked at the number of times I look at a clock and the clock says 1016. How about that? And when I see that, it's like, hi, mom. It's just a little Love reminder. Yep. It's just a little reminder. So her birthday was April 2nd. So 402. 402. And it'll be 402 twice a day. I'll probably be asleep for the first one. I hope you are. <laughs> Either that or I hope you're on a grand um, adventure. <laughs> Who knows? I'm so obsessed with these tomato plants. I may be outside knocking them around a little bit at 402 in the morning. But <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, it's a wonderful way to remember her. And yeah. it's just a, I, I feel, like I said, just an overwhelming sense of gratitude for her life. Right. And it's, I'm left with just very happy 
feelings. Now, in. how much food showed up at your house? Because you know that's <laughs> well, a southern thing. This is the South. Yes. So need I say more? In fact, I have had folks tell me a time or two that I should really do a a wake or a funeral cookbook, just mm-hmm. because in the South we commemorate big life events right. with food, right? Um, and other cultures do too. We just do it in the South with particular style. Um, so a lot, quite a, quite a lot of food. Yeah. Um, and I was reminded this week of of just how good Southerners are at, are at comforting each other with food. Yes. And um, it kind of brings us to a, a topic that, that I was reading about last week in uh, Southern Living Magazine about just some of the different attributes of living in the South. Yes. I, I call, I kind of put my own slant on this and I'm calling it uh, truths about life in the South. Okay. And I was reading through them. They had about 10 or 12. Um, and, you know, I agreed with most of them. There were a couple that I wasn't so sure about. I was mm-hmm. thinking I'd run a few of them by you today. You can okay. kind of give me your, your opinion on that. But, but in you know light- I have opinions. <laughs> and I just have to pull them out of you, Sandy. You really should be more forthcoming with your thoughts and feelings. You and I both, right? Right. We have a plethora of thoughts uh, and feelings to share. But um, one of the things that uh, it said in the list of uh, truths about life in the South was that... Uh, and I don't know that I necessarily agree with this one. It's partially true, I think. And basically, it indicated that good food in the South is even better when fried or made into a casserole. Okay. And I'm sure you probably didn't get a lot of fried food because that does not hold well. It doesn't this hold week. well. Casseroles. But I bet you got some casseroles. You know, yeah. the obligatory poppy seed chicken casserole. Yes. Right? Which I love. Some tuna casserole. Tuna casserole is wonderful. Broccoli casserole. Yes. We're good sweet at sweet potato casserole. We're good, we're, good yeah. at, we're good at the casserole, aren't we? <laughs> yes. Can of cream, you know, chicken condensed soup or mushroom right. condensed soup. We're, right. we're good at the cooking with those. Um, and so I do think that there is some truth to that. Mm-hmm. But also, when I read things like that or see things, like that, I'm reminded that I do also believe that there is a little bit of a somewhat inaccurate stereotype about Southern cooking. Okay, so you're thinking that's a stereotypical look at Southern food. I'm not saying that it's untrue, but okay. to say that we regard all good food as being fried or in a casserole is not, in my opinion, wholly accurate. Okay, so I'm guessing you would not be a fan of cutting casseroles into squares, double dipping them, and frying the casserole. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's just... <laughs> Not that's, working for you. That's wrong okay. in, on a couple of different <laughs> levels, but <laughs> it's something to think about. It is. But it, I think that is really only partially true. And so I think that Southerners, we are just... We are just so good at food. We, we have such an abundance and, and easy access yes. to fresh, wonderful food practically 10 months out of the year, mm-hmm. really. We can harvest something down here that, um, you know, yes, we love our fried chicken. There's no question about that. We do. We like fried things. But I, I'm reminded of the things that we eat that aren't fried and aren't casseroles. You know, fresh tomatoes with a sprinkling of salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. Uh, lady peas. I love lady peas. Oh, you know, they're in season now. I know. This is May. The best. And you don't have them for long, so you want to pick some up uh, at the farmer's market if you can. Baked sweet potatoes. I like to pan sear my catfish with a little onion. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so I'm not necessarily frying it, but pan searing it. Um, I'm thinking about cucumber and tomato and onion salads, one of my favorite things. Um, Sautéed summer squash, roasted sweet corn. I like to brush my uh, corn with a little bit of olive oil. I Mm -hmm. put it in a directly on the grate in the oven uh, at about 400 degrees and just just roast it. Mm -hmm. It even gets a little bit charred around the edges, Uh you know, and then sprinkle it with a little salt and pepper. So I've never had it that way. Oh, it's so easy. Yeah, better than boiling it. I think. I think husk on or husk off. Husk off. I think the husk off just made some night before last. Okay. So easy. Pop Yum. them in there. Just remember they're in there. Right. Yeah, don't forget and walk away. I 
Sometimes I forget. Later. Sometimes I forget to turn the timer on. <laughs> <laughs> so good food. That's what they're saying. Good food in the South is fried or made into casserole. We're, we're going to say we sort of agree, but not completely agree right. with that statement. Yes. And then, and furthermore, some of the other sort of attributes of life in the South. How about this one, Sandy? And you and I may be on different sides of the fence on this one. Tea is served sweet and on ice. Okay. What do you think? I know you like yours so sweet that the spoon stands up, and you know that I like mine with no sugar at yeah, all, I but I will that. double down on the ice. You're going to double gotta down? It's got to have a lot of ice. Doesn't it? Yes. I had a fa- uh, some family friends in New York State that I visited one time, and they knew I was coming. They knew I was from the South. Uh, to them, tea is served in a cup hot, mm-hmm. usually, mm-hmm. Uh, or room temperature in a glass. There's, it's never sweet, and it's never on ice, right. but they knew I was coming. So it was really something when I arrived, and we sat down to dinner, and we all had our beverages, and then they brought over... And then they were serious about this. They brought me a little bowl of sugar with a spoon and they brought me a bowl of ice, which sat by my plate. So they wanted to be sure. (laughs) And and you were too polite and too sweet to tell them that once you have let the tea cool and you try to stir the sugar in, it's it's not going in. It's it's going on the bottom of the glass. You have to put it in when it's hot. You are absolutely. If you're going to sugar that tea, put it in when it's hot, sweetie. You have to. You absolutely have to. So I appreciated their effort. I did. That was Um, sweet. And how about this one? Y'all. The word, the term y'all is the most, I believe, useful phrase in the English language. Y'all think so? I do. I do. (laughs) Think about it. There's nothing else like it. Northerners may say you guys, but in my opinion, that's just a little bit clunky and awkward, Uh maybe. You know, no offense to our northern neighbors. Though I do have to say yuns is worse. Yuns Yuns. isn't great either. No. But y'all is soft. It's inclusive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's oh so lovely when Mm -hmm. said with a southern accent. Don't you think? What do y'all think about that? Even... We would love to hear from y'all. You can stay in touch. Radio at Southern Sisters Home. Mm, we'll come. We'll y'all. be right back, y'all. <laughs> so Southern, you can almost smell the magnolias. Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta. I have some questions for you. Are you as happy as you could be? That's really a challenge. As you want to be? Well, I'll do my best. Do you know how to live a happier life? That's one thing that I still want to learn how to do. I'm Sandy weaver Carmen, and I want you to know that you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be happier. You deserve to know how to make yourself happy whenever and wherever. This is where the rubber meets the road. And the road to your happiness is based in neuroscience and neuroplasticity, and I've made it easy for you to learn. Fantastic. There's a new road to happiness, one that can elevate your health, wealth, and happiness if you let it. Just go to the21dayexperience.com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. That's Carman, C-A-R-M-A-N, and elevate your happiness in just 21 days for free. Since you've been through the 21-day experience, how do you feel? I don't have a care in the world. It's free, and you'll be happier and know how to stay happier in just 21 days. The21dayexperience.com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. That's the numbers 21, and my last name is C-A-R-M-A-N. Start today for a happier tomorrow. And now, more Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta. Here's your host, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Well, hello, we're back. Southern Sisters Radio show for the Southern women and the men who adore them. Sandy, we're talking about, been chatting a little bit about the truths of life in the South. And there are a lot of truisms about life in the South. Aren't there? Yes. Aren't there? And, you know, you may or may not agree with all of them, Mm -hmm. you know, but a a lot of folks have opinions about these, but they're very interesting nonetheless. And most of these are... 
I think, pretty accurate. I mean, certainly reflective of our Southern culture. I think the, so. The way we live our lives. Um, we and, talked about food. and Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes Southern is not about the Mason-Dixon line. It's about an attitude. Very it's true. It's about a state of mind. You can be Southern and live in Oregon if you want to. This is very true. It's okay. As long as you're not drinking your tea without ice. Right. Please you put know? ice in. Please. Sugar is optional. I'll give you the option on the on the sugar. <laughs> but don't, we don't. If you've got your ice in a bowl next to your glass, it's not that's not really the way we do yeah. things down here. No. But you know, I was thinking a little bit more about these truths and uh you know, Southern Living kind of chimed in on some of these and I was having fun kind of playing with those this week and adding mm-hmm. a few of my own that are uh could be true. Um how about this one? Honey, sugar, dumpling, pumpkin, and sweet pie are not usually referring to food. In the South. Hardly ever referring to food. Right? Yes. Right. Yes. And you know, those little pet words we like to use. Mm-hmm. And I find I, I use them with my kids a good bit. And then sometimes I forget and use them with my kids in public. Oh, and, no. And it embarrasses them. And your kids are a little old for that. Yeah, yes. they're college age now. Mm, you know? yeah. So sweet pea is not, you know, yeah. sweetie. Yeah. They prefer not. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's... my dogs don't care what I call them in public. <laughs> as long as you have a treat in your hand. <laughs> or I'm saying something. Yeah, if, I, if it sounds sweet, they're just like, okay. Oh, you know, they say it's so. not what you say, it's and that's how you true. say it. Yeah. I remember when my babies were little, I remember reading somewhere that I could read them the Wall Street Journal. It didn't matter as mm-hmm. long as I was talking like this yeah. and being sweet and... And, all that matters. and don't our Southern sisters know that, too? It's not so much what you say, it's how you say it. Very true. And that can be used as a two-edged sword. Oh, so like maybe bless her heart. Bless her heart is not necessarily the nicest mm. thing to say about somebody. Yes. <laughs> so I've, I've often said bless your heart. Uh-huh. Something When you say that directly to someone, that has a very different meaning than bless yes. her heart. Yes. Which may actually be said out of her presence and behind her back behind her back. not terribly flattering words are probably <laughs> no. about to follow yes right exactly <laughs> how about another truth about life in the south college rivalries are oh my everything gosh. oh my gosh oh my gosh right yes. you're either for one team or another regardless of where you went to school regardless of where you actually went to school mm-hmm. now my theory on this is that teams equate to loyalty right right loyalty kind of equates to this sense of belonging uh-huh. right Okay, we want to cheer for our team. I'm following you. Right? And so whether you went to the school or not, you align yourself with that team, that school spirit. It's just all part of sort of that Southern camaraderie that that we feel. Right. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of times where you listen to a football game and you're not in the South, Mm -hmm. and the announcers are not being homers. They're not, right. they're not being, I mean, they're not saying, and we just scored another touchdown. No. Yes, us. Right. They're not doing that no. because they, that's not done there. Right. Um, but in the South, man, we are homers through Aren't and we? through. Yeah. We, we are invested we, we in it. We bleed our school colors. <laughs> we do. <laughs> and that's one of the things I love most about the South. Now, here's another one. How about big hair? Oh, big hair is a good one. We yes. Were, we were talking about that earlier. Um, I have to say there have been times in the past when hair has been much bigger than it is now. Uh-huh. But comparatively, I think the hair in the South does tend to be a little little larger. Right. Right. Particularly on the women who are in pageants and they are working with somebody from Texas. Yeah. I think Texas yes. hair takes the cake. Texas hair takes the cake. Mississippi's a, probably a close second. Probably, yes. Based on my experience. But I do have to tell you, yes. Oklahoma can come in maybe a slide in third. Really? Yeah. Do tell. <laughs> Do tell. My dad was from Mangum, Oklahoma. Yeah. Mangum, Oklahoma is over in the southwest corner of the state, very close to Texas, which is probably why the hair got so big there, because it just had that Texas influence going on. Yeah. My Aunt Estelle ran the beauty parlor in Mangum. 
Mangum is such a tiny little town. There was one, and it was not a salon. It was a beauty parlor. And Grandma and Grandpa Weaver were having their 50th wedding anniversary. I was 13. (laughs) And we were living in Arizona at the time, but we made that road trip to Mangum, Oklahoma from Arizona, and we went to the 50th anniversary celebration for Grandma and Grandpa Weaver. And Aunt Estelle was in her glory. She was doing everybody's hair. Everybody's hair had to get done. And I had hair that probably went down just to my shoulders. My hair never grows very long. But she managed, she didn't turn it blue, but think Marge Simpson. No. The big, huge, tall beehive. Yes. She made me almost twice my height. You are kidding. That hair stood as far on end as she could get it to stand, and she held it in place with those little open bobby pins. Yeah. And spray, spray, tease, 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 spray, 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 smooth the outside, tease, 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 spray, 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 smooth the outside, put those little pins in. When I pulled my hair apart two days later and I could finally get the bobby pins out, Mm -hmm. there were 142 bobby pins in my head. (laughs) Now, tell me you have a photograph somewhere Somewhere. of this this hairstyle. I'm not sure I would love to see it. You bring it next week. Okay. (laughs) You're going to make me do this at Throwback Thursday, aren't you? Yeah, right. right. We should. I'll see if I can dig it up. Well, I, I, I love it. And so you're Aunt Estelle understood the, the, the merits and the values of big, big hair, hair, right? We she love had, it. She had big hair going on. Yeah, yeah. I still tease mine up occasionally. I get a little, little nod to my 80s past uh-huh. where I would frequently travel with a full-size can of Aquanet aerosol hairspray. Well, of course, because anything else won't do. Right, no. <laughs> it had to be big. We had to fill the ladies' room with a, with a, with a cloud That's of right. hairspray, that right? Aquanet. Then you knew yeah. you were doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> well, how about further attributes of living in the South? How about this one? We like to make conversations in public with strangers and we just think that that's simple good manners absolutely and right? then when you go to someplace else in the country and you say, and you say a pleasantry to someone they look at you like you have three heads right yeah Right, it's they crazy. do. And there is a reason why people think that we are so friendly in the mm-hmm. South. And because this is why, because we, we don't really know a stranger, do right. we? No. We are so willing to kind of, hey, y'all, you know, we just do that. We're so friendly in the South just because we simply are. It's just natural to us. I can't say, and I would never presume to say, that we are nicer people than our northern neighbors. I just think we're more approachable. Yes. You know, and we tend to approach others. We're right. more overt with our friendliness. Right. That make, makes sense, we right? Don't, we don't hide our light under a barrel. No. <laughs> it's, our, it's our culture. Yes. It's part of our culture. Yes. We were, our mamas raised us right. Yes, to be you know, polite and to be friendly. Absolutely. How about this one? And we talked about this last week. And we'll just touch on it quickly. Barbecue does not mean cookout. It's juicy, slow-cooked meat covered in sauce. Yes. Right? And and everybody can have their different kind of sauce, and I'm a North Carolina sauce kind of girl. You like the North Carolina I sauce? I like that kind of vinegar and mustard. Me yes. Too. That is my kind of barbecue sauce. I'm telling you. On this. some pulled pork. Mm-hmm. Give me the barky part. I like the outside piece with the bark going on. Yeah. yeah. Love that. A little coleslaw on the side. Absolutely. Heavenly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, we have to all wash it all down with a sweet tea. <laughs> Or beer. Or beer. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's for Saturday night. <laughs> That's the Saturday night barbecue. I think uh, a, a friend of mine counted one time, and I drank five beers in a year. Oh, wow. He thought so it was you're funny. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big beer drinker, but <laughs> no. every now and then, when you're having that plate of barbecue, yeah, beer is perfect. It's the, every now and then. It fits it. it yep. From a culinary perspective, it can be a nice yes. nice match. Because, you know, wine just doesn't go with no. that, that oh, Carolina-style no. barbecue sauce. No, I agree. Mm, you no. got to have yeah, beer or sweet tea, absolutely. How about this one? An inch of snow 
can shut down a whole state. Snowmageddon. <laughs> <laughs> Any southern you? state, yes. right? Yeah. I well, was. Where were you? Well, we're referring to, right. uh, and all of you, I'm sure, remember Snow Snowpocalypse, Snow 2014. Yep. And you know where you were, right? At that time, How, you were you you were okay. You fared fairly well. I getting did. Home. I left earlier than almost everybody else left. It's right. still a 15 minute drive. Took me about 45 minutes, and I did have a minor accident on the way home because there was an idiot who thought you could drive the speed limit on ice, ah. and you can't. Yes. But it, the, at that point, it was 1145-ish. Right. The police wouldn't come because there no. were so many accidents all over that if the cars were drivable and nobody was hurt, sorry, you're on your own. You're on your Work own. Out. Yeah. And it, my insurance company couldn't couldn't believe that. I said, really? Yeah. Call the Marietta Police Department. Oh, yeah, Here's yeah. their number. Right. No, it, it's absolutely. And it always is shocking to people outside of the right. South how we react to But we're not prepared for it. Well, and we know? shouldn't be. Right. Here's why we shouldn't be. It would be extremely irresponsible of local and state governments to put that kind, the kind of resources that they put in the snow belt into snow clearing machinery. Right. right. Into snow clearing machinery for the south where we get maybe one bad snowstorm every four or five years. It's not practical. Right. It makes no sense. It would be irresponsible. It's a poor use of government funding. I, I agree. There so, you go. Okay. Public service announcement from Sandy. Off right there. That's now, your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my car for 14 hours with two teenage <gasps> boys. Heart. Oh, no. Yeah. You don't want to be in a car with two teenage boys for 14 no. hours. After about six hours, I just told him to get out of the car. <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't going anywhere anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so they we were we were stuck near a gas station. I said, just go in there, get some sodas and some snacks and, right. and take a break because right. mama needs a break. Yeah. <laughs> How about this one? It's courteous to hold the door for someone, even if they're 20 feet away. Absolutely. I do that. Absolutely. Right. Yes. 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 I, I just think that just makes us and that kind of feeds into that whole Southern courtesy yes. thing. You know, we are just nice here in the South. And when somebody holds the door for us, we say thank you. We do. Mm-hmm. We sure do. I we love living in the South. Go. I do too. I do. We're just a bunch of nice people. And I just, I think that's why people always want to visit here. Yes. It is. And why so many people move here and don't leave. This is true. They're discovering how fabulous they it is. They come and they never return home. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Good. All are welcome. Come forth to the South. Well, we are going to be talking about some food in the next segment. You know my favorite segment. Yes. Food talk. I know. <laughs> Mine too and Marquis too. Marquis always yep. loves this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back, y'all. Where Southern is a state of the heart. Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta. Turn off the telly, Nelly. Come to the table, Mabel. Now, so Southern, you can hear the butter melting on the biscuit. Your Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta. Well, hello, and we're back. I'm Jenny McCormick Earhart, your host of the Southern Sisters Radio Program. Have some candy, Sandy. Have some candy. I love this song. We need to play like different parts of it every week. It's just fabulous. I love it. I played it for my kids once. They didn't seem to be as into it as I was. Oh, silly kids. Yeah. I said, but it's John Lithgow. And do you know what they had the audacity to say? Who's that? That's exactly what they said. I said, there are some serious holes in your education. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jenny. You're going to have to go back and re-raise them things. I love that. I do love him as an actor, and he can sing, so he's a, you know, particularly awesome. Yes. Yeah. He's probably, I wonder if he's a Southerner. Yeah. Maybe. 
Maybe. He could be a Southern gentleman. He is. I think it's time to give away some cookbooks. I think that's a great plan. This is one of my favorite things to do each week, and we have uh, cookbooks to give away. I think we're going to give away my very first cookbook this week, Sunday in the South. Which is beautiful. It's a pretty cookbook full of yummy recipes. great recipes in it. It does. The uh, the chapters are all organized by menu. I like to say this book pays tribute to the lost art of Sunday dinner. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it pays homage to the concept of bringing the family back to the table setting the table. You know, I told a girlfriend a few weeks ago, you know, as much as I love Zaxby's, the Zaxby's drive-thru is not a substitute for Sunday dinner. No, it is not. No. You not need even to close. sit down and set the table and experience that sort of time-honored tradition. And that's what the book celebrates. So we're going to give away three of them. And the only thing you guys have to do is shoot me an email at radio at southernsistershome.com. And tell me to send you a cookbook, and we'll do it. First three of those, get a cookbook. Yay. See how easy that is? Yeah, there's nothing to it, no, right? It's simple. You don't have to race for your phone. Don't, you know, tripping over the kids. No, don't even worry about it. We're not quizzing it. you. It's not no, a contest. It's just, it's just easy. a fun freebie giveaway. If you want a cookbook, send an email. <laughs> they can do that. That's easy to do. <laughs> we're talking food here, right? We're talking food. Oh, good. Which is, you know, one of my favorite things to talk about. And no, I suspect really? one of your favorite. You admit yes. it. You love talking yes. about it, too. We both do. And today we're going to talk a little bit about a Southern institution. Mm-hmm. A classic Southern staple of yes. Southern culture. Yes. Chicken salad. Oh, yeah. Right. I love chicken salad. I, well, you know what? Is there any Southern get-together, shower, party, event of any kind that doesn't involve at least one version of some kind of chicken salad? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Not that I can no, think of. No. It's not almost that I think I've, I've ever been to. No. Chicken salad is everywhere. It is. Yeah. All varieties, mm-hmm. all variations, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, incarnations of chicken salad. It is almost in a food group all to itself. But, you know, I am convinced that when chicken is mixed with mayonnaise, fruit, nuts, and herbs, I, I believe the result is pure Southern bliss. Mm-hmm. It truly is. Chicken salad is a really a masterful combination of flavors and textures. If you think about it, you got your savory, tender chunks of chicken. You've got creamy mayonnaise. Um, throw in some sweet fruit. You got the crunch with the nuts, right? Um, you know, and you enhance everything with a sprinkling of salt and pepper, and maybe even some herbs. Um, my favorite for chicken salad is tarragon. Eh. No, what? You just ruined it for me. (laughs) What? Sandy. There are people who love cilantro and people who hate cilantro. Yeah. That exists with tarragon, too. Does it really? I hate to tell you that I'm on the not not tarragon side. You don't get any of my chicken salad, then I'll have to make you a Sandy version. I have have a girlfriend who makes hers with tarragon, too, and I never get any of hers either. It's kind of a a popular herb with chicken salad. It is. But you know, the wonderful thing about chicken salad is you can make it the way you want. Exactly. Right? If you don't like something in it, if you don't like a lot of mayonnaise in it, you can make it 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 drier. Right. Mm -hmm. You can do what you want. You have to admit, it's a quintessentially Southern dish. Yes. It's, uh, it's an, I like to call it the ever-welcome guest at most tables where ladies lunch. Oh, now that's a sweet way to put it. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? I've never thought of t- oh, chicken salad as a guest no, before. No, it, it, it deserves its own <laughs> honor or title, I guess, at the table. And I don't think any celebratory gathering is really quite complete without it. It's as delicious on fine china at a formal ladies' luncheon as it is, for example, when you just nibble it standing in front of the you know refrigerator Not out of the Tupperware container. Either one of us that we know no. would do that. No, I've ever. I, no, I've never done that. Two or three times. Last night. In an evening. <laughs> when it was particularly good that day. 
right? Yeah. It's better the second day because those really flavors kind yeah. of meld. Yeah. And, and so anyway, I love to just the flavor of chicken when it's slowly cooked in a pot with onion and celery and you kind of slow poach mm-hmm. the chicken. But I will tell you, if you're short on time, you can pick up a perfectly good rotisserie chicken from the grocery store and make no apologies for that. That's a great way to do it. Absolutely. They're juicy and tender and already cooked. All Wonderful. you have to do is just shred them up with a couple of forks and you're good to go. Right. Makes mm-hmm. it so easy. I was even thinking how we were talking about our grill last week. And you know, if you've got some chicken breasts, throw those on there. Keep those in the refrigerator. You've got some good grilled chicken that exactly. you can make chicken salad yep. with during the week. And so that's a really easy way to do it. But what we are going to kind of talk about today is my favorite southern fruited chicken salad. And this is just a wonderful thing to have in the house at any time. It's great for parties. You can really nearly any chopped fruit can be mixed into chicken salad with a good result. Um, I love apples, berries, and dried cranberries. Those are all good additions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned, you know, tarragon has sort of that anise-like flavor. And like I said, it may not be for everyone, but you could use the herb of your choice. My favorite recipe, and this is going to be on the website, folks, is uh, the Southern Fruited Chicken Salad. You're going to use about two cups of cooked, cut-up chicken, about a half a cup of red seedless grapes cut in half, about a half a cup of mandarin orange segments, about a half a cup of celery, thinly sliced, a half a red onion, finely chopped, about a half a cup of pecans, chopped also. Now, here we go with the mayonnaise, and this is important. You want a good quality mayonnaise. I happen to know that yours would be blue plate. Blue plate. I remember that. Yep. Mine would be Duke's, which is very popular here in the South. My northern friends might say Hellman's. Hellman's uh-huh. They love Hellman's. Put in about a tablespoon of lemon juice. You want about a three-fourths of a cup of the mayonnaise. And then a little lemon juice. Um, if you're adding the tarragon, about a tablespoon of dry, a teaspoon of salt, and a little sprinkling of pepper. So you're going to toss together those chicken and grapes, oranges and celery and onion and the pecans together. You're going to set those aside. You're going to, in a small bowl, combine your wetter ingredients, your mayo, lemon juice, tarragon, salt, and pepper. You want to mix that up good and pour that mayonnaise mixture over the top of the chicken salad and just kind of toss it lightly. Uh, Place it in the refrigerator until chilled, and voila, you've got heaven in your refrigerator. Absolutely. Now, I have a question. Do you leave Mm -hmm. your mandarin segments whole, or do you chunk them up so that they're about the size of the grapes? Oh, no, I leave them I leave them whole. Okay. Typically. They're they're already just individual little segments. Right. But you can do what you want. There okay. are no there are no chicken salad rules, really. <laughs> you can so, be you can be free to experiment with your chicken salad. So So that brings us to a variation that I do when either my brother Ed is eating my chicken salad or mm-hmm. my fabulous girlfriend Rebecca. It, both of them refuse to eat mayonnaise. They are mayonnaise haters from childhood. They do not eat mayonnaise. They don't want to know mayonnaise exists. They don't want it in their kitchen. They don't want it in their refrigerator. Wow. They definitely will not eat food That's with mayonnaise. That's a mayonnaise it. phobia almost. It, it's Yeah, they, oh. they just hate it. Yeah. So, and you know, it's okay because I hate tarragon too. So I, there are substitutions. Yes. If you need to substitute the mayonnaise, use half Greek yogurt, non-fat Greek yogurt, and half um, low-fat or non-fat Cream cheese, not cream cheese, sour cream. Sour cream. Yes. And then you can leave out the lemon juice because you already have all that tartness. Exactly. And so that's really, that makes a really nice substitution. That's a wonderful substitute for, for, for non-mayo eaters. For the yes. non-mayo. And there's quite a few of them out there. Yes. There is. But you need something to hold that chicken together. Now, you it know? does not make it safer at a picnic. 
it's you still, still have to, you it's know, still it's still dairy, dairy stuff. and you, you have to have keep to an eye on it. Right. Keep it cold. Right. Absolutely. I love that. And I've actually done that with some other things that called for mayo, other mm-hmm. sa- pasta salads and things where I've made that same kind of substitution. Right. It's a great suggestion. I love that. Another fun variation on uh, chicken salad is one I've done a few times is a buffalo chicken salad. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is wonderful. Now, you just want to omit the fruit. Fruit doesn't really belong in the buffalo chicken salad recipe. But really, the only difference is, in addition to the mayo, you're going to add about a fourth of a cup of buffalo salad. Mm-hmm. You know, you can buy that ready made, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the grocery store. You can make your own and then some chopped celery. You want to keep the celery in there. And how about this? Um, at least one container, about four ounces of blue cheese crumble. I was going to have to hurt you if you were not putting right. blue cheese in Gats there. To ha- yes. And I know you love blue cheese because you, st- you stuff it in your burgers, too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, I know. So anyway, that's another really awesome and fun variation for mm-hmm. chicken salad. You can do it just about any ways. Now, when you're serving a group, maybe... You had a really fun suggestion that I love. One of my favorite parties that I ever threw, and this is the first time I did this, but it hasn't been the only time, was a puppy party. Some friends brought over a litter of puppies, and we were evaluating them. They were eight weeks old, and I had a whole bunch of people who liked chicken salad, but they all liked it different. So I made up a basic chicken salad without the mayonnaise, because I had a couple non-mayo eaters, mm-hmm. and I made a basic chicken salad, just the dressing and the chicken and some salt and pepper. And then I laid out bowls of cut-up grapes, dried cranberries, cut-up pecans, diced jalapenos, some uh, diced onions, just all kinds of different mix-ins. Sort of like if when you go to the ice cream place at yeah. Cold Stone Creamery and they let you mix in things into your ice cream. Which is half the fun yeah, right well, there. Yeah, this was mix-ins for your oh. chicken salad. So basically, you really should come up with a really fun name for this. It's uh, Sandy's, you know, super wonderful build-your-own-chicken-salad bar or something. I'm, I'm with you. Right? That sounds like a good Everything's name. Everything's in yeah. a name, yeah. right? You know, it's, it's not just chicken salad with fruit. It's southern-fruited chicken salad. Exactly. It's all in a name. Yes. So that's a, that is a wonderful suggestion. It was fun. It was I a big that. hit. Everybody loved it. I think we need to head out and have some chicken salad. After, after Ow, this. twist my arm. You're right. hurting me. Twist You're hurting me. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. You know, I have to tell you, my my husband has an aversion to sweet and savory things. Really? So when I make chicken salad, he won't have it with any kind of fruit in it. So mm-hmm. there's got to be, if I'm making it, there's got to be a little container of Ginny's chicken salad and a little container of Earl's chicken salad in the recipe. Or in the, sorry, in the refrigerator. That's true love. Yeah, you know. Well, coming up on the next segment, we're going to talk about the art of Southern conversation. And this is something that Southern women do very well. Talk, 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 (laughs) talk. The recipe that we just talked about, Jenny's fabulous, classic Southern institution chicken salad, is on the website, southernsistershome.com. And if you have a special recipe for chicken salad, we'd love to hear from you. Radio at southernsistershome.com. Where Southern is a state of the heart. Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta. I have some questions for you. Are you as happy as you could be? That's really a challenge. As you want to be? I'll do my best. Do you know how to live a happier life? That's one thing that I still want to learn how to do. I'm Sandy Weaver-Carmen, and I want you to know that you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be happier. You deserve to know how to make yourself happy whenever and wherever. This is where the rubber meets the road. And the road to your happiness is based in neuroscience and neuroplasticity, and I've made it easy for you to learn. Fantastic. There's a new road to happiness, one that can elevate your health, wealth, and happiness if you let it. Just go to... The 21 Day Experience dot com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. 
That's Carman, C-A-R-M-A-N, and elevate your happiness in just 21 days for free. Since you've been through the 21-day experience, how do you feel? I was screaming in the middle of the street. It's free, and you'll be happier and know how to stay happier in just 21 days. The21dayexperience.com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. That's the numbers 21, and my last name is C-A-R-M-A-N. Start today for a happier tomorrow. As southern as pecan pie, or pecan pie, and twice as sweet. Southern Sisters Radio, on Faith Talk Atlanta. And here we are, we're back again. Final segment of the Southern Sisters Radio show, the show for southern women and the men who adore them. And if you're wondering whether it's pecan or pecan... I was wondering... It's however your grandmother said it. <laughs> That's however your grandmother said it is the right way to say it. I agree with you. Yes. But, you know, I live in a house divided because I say pecan, uh-huh. which is not necessarily typically Southern. Right. Um, and my husband says pecan. Pecan. And okay. he corrects me and he'll just look at me very politely and say, peas come in a can, not in a con. Oh. Get it? Like green peas. Right. Peas which have nothing to do with pecans, which come from a tree. That's what I told him. <laughs> He didn't see my humor in that. <laughs> but I agree. The way Grandma said it is always best. And You know, my grandmother loved tea. She yes. loved to drink tea. Oh, and yeah. I, I, once again, I am so excited about our partnership with the Charleston Tea Plantation and their amazing peach tea that is grown completely right there in South Carolina. It is the only tea grown in this country, uh, 100%. 100% of this country. In other words, it does not come from abroad. It's the only domestic tea available on the market. And they have been so sweet to partner with us and give us a whole uh, bushel load of this amazing uh, peach tea. A and whole bushel load? A bushel load. Well, Yum. Yeah, yeah. Big old a box. Bunch. Let's put a bunch. I've got a big old bunch of tea. I do. Amazing, naturally flavored peach tea. We've got these wonderful boxes, and each one has 12 little pyramid-shaped mesh tea, tea bags in there. And, you know, because Southern Sisters love to shop, and we always love a bargain, mm-hmm. I know I do. Do always love a bargain. We're going to offer some of this peach tea to our uh, wonderful folks out there that are listening um, for 30% off using promo code Sandy Sisters. Sisters. Yeah, we're so original with our <laughs> promo codes. <laughs> so you can certainly go there and check it out at um, southernsistershome.com. Check out our peach tea. Another thing for us to talk about now, Sandy, is one of my favorite subjects and something that I think you and I are quite good at. Because we both have the gift of gab, right? Yes. We're going to talk about the art of Southern conversation. Oh, yeah. And it is an art. It is. It's also known as, how's your mama in them? How's your mama in them? How's yeah. your mama in them? Mama in them. How's yeah. your mama in them? I was saying that the other day, and my husband was like, you need to slur the words together a little more. Yeah, how's your mama in them? It's mama in them. Mama in them. Mama in them. It's, yeah. like, it's like the word homonym. Homonym. Only you make it an M on the front instead of an H. It's yeah. mama in them. How's your mama in them? Yeah, I have two brothers who speak like that, so I can, you, you, I just imitate them. Yeah. <laughs> it's mama in them. Mama in them. Mama in them. I love it. And as Southerners, we do have the gift of gab, right? Yes. And like many things, you know, it is a gift, right? Some gifts are better than others, right? Some of us, perhaps it's a little more natural for us in terms of being good communicators. Um, But like any art, just as Southern conversation, in my opinion, is an art. um, But like any art, conversation really is a skill of elegance. And it can be learned. It can be learned. It's a skill of nuance. And I I like to say sort of creative execution. Uh You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that comes. We were speaking (laughs) earlier about the bless her heart. 
Exactly, you know, right? It can be a nice thing to say or not a nice it, thing to say. It can. Very similar words. Inflection just is everything. different inflection. Right. Yep. <laughs> it's a subtle nuance. <laughs> hence the nuance. So, yes. but, um, so anyway, and also we are, I think, naturally drawn to good conversationalists. Yes. And you, you know when you're talking to one because it's a pleasure it's, it's such an enjoyable experience to talk to someone who is a very good conversationalist. Yeah. And then you also know when you're talking to one who's perhaps not. Right. And there are lots of ways to be good at it and ways to be bad at it. Right. And some of some of it has to do with whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. And everybody, you know, people say, oh, am I an introvert? I'm an introvert or I'm an extrovert. It's a continuum. There's a sliding scale there. And we all fall somewhere on that scale. And introverts have a little tougher time with conversation than extroverts do because they are in their head a little bit too much. Exactly. And still, let me tell you, introverts can learn everything that Jenny's about to tell us everything about. that you're about to just yep. listen in, tune in uh, because it's you really it, it is a, an acquired skill for yes. a lot of folks and and even those that think they're good at it honestly can still learn something new. Yes, because I uh, honestly I think a lot of people who maybe are not great conversationalists may think that they are right. You know, you don't know necessarily if you're not that good. They didn't at teach it, it in school. No. You know, do but, we use algebra? No, I don't know. But you know, if the person you're talking to is starting to doze off, you may not be <laughs> a good conversationist. That would be what we call a clue, right? If their eyes are scanning the room, looking for someone to come and rescue them from your conversation, mm-hmm. you may not be a good conversationist, right? So, and also, you know, we we get less practice these days. I think with good conversations, and I kind of blame that on social media and technology. We text now. We don't have conversations. We abbreviate our thoughts. Mm -hmm. We get them into, you know, we tweet into what, 144 characters. We are sadly, I think, beginning to lose some of the art and the nuance of of good conversation. But you can get it back. I promise. Yes. Now, there's personal conversations, the kind we have with our families, right? And for those, the standards are definitely relaxed. Okay. Because you don't want to feel like you're being judged on your conversation when you're at home and you're just trying to be creative. We can pretty much be relaxed with our our family members. My three daughters um, are definitely, I call them the interrupting sisters. <laughs> and I'm just as bad. I'm the fourth one in that party, really, for the most part. I have two that talk like I do. And it's very, very common for us to just sort of talk over each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we, they refer to it as the merry-go-round. You know, we complete each other's sentences and sometimes just literally talk over each other. But one of my daughters, that is not her conversational style. And she finds our style very frustrating because a lot of times she feels that she's being interrupted. Right. And so I have kind of learned, and this is important for all families, to kind of understand and learn our family members' conversational styles. And mm-hmm. for some, uh, I know that with one of my daughters, she prefers that I look at her and stop what I'm doing and listen while she's talking. Right. That's her style. And it's been wonderful to kind of learn to appreciate that in her style. Yes. Um, her sisters at times are not quite as understanding. I can remember once when when my daughter was trying to say something and couldn't quite get into the conversation and her sisters were just going 100 miles an hour and they just kind of looked at her in frustration and said, you just need to get on the merry-go-round. <laughs> Don't be offended if we cut you off. You know, So we've had to be a little bit of give and take within the family conversations. You mm-hmm. know, Now, but then there's social conversations, um, you know, Sandy, and this is really... How we interact with the world around us. This would be when you're meeting 
strangers for the first time. At um, a networking event. Networking yeah. events, church events, business events, things mm-hmm. of that nature. And you want to start with your physical cues. For example, when you're in a conversation or entering a conversation, you want to make sure that you're, this sounds obvious, but some don't do it, make good eye contact. You know, smiling, maybe leaning in to listen. When you do this, you're giving that person a cue that they are worthy of your interest. And and there's a difference between leaning in and being a close talker. Don't, don't get too close. Don't do that. Yeah. That, don't get that, too close. That's the little invasion of yeah, personal don't, space. Don't, don't invade that space. No. But but appearing interested. Yes. And then there are physical cues that you can give when you're doing that. Now, what do you think the number one topic is that people enjoy talking about? Themselves. Ah, themselves. <laughs> we love ourselves, right? We do. We're just, we're fabulous, aren't we? We're, we're fascinated just, by ourselves. We are fascinated by ourselves. We go on and on and on. <laughs> All day. I often do. <laughs> and we're also, we also love people who are like us, mm-hmm. right? Common interests. That's why common interests are so appealing to people. When you meet someone that thinks like you do, you find that common ground, right. um, you know, and that's how, how things can blossom. Uh, furthermore, you want to appear and you want to be, I don't just mean appear, but you want to be interested in, in what the person's talking to you about. Interested people tend to also be interesting right. people right. because they are naturally curious. And um, typically a good way to do that is, you know, asking open-ended questions like um, why or how, mm-hmm. you know, rather than just saying, you know, what do you do? I might say to you, Sandy, how on earth did you get into radio broadcasting? Right. You know, uh, tell me more about that. I'm very interested. You open that. You allow that person to kind of open up and answer with something more than just one or two words. Right. Or Jenny McCormick, what made you know that you could publish fabulous cookbooks? Right. Exactly. Now, yeah. Now tell, I may you have get a story instead of a two or three word answer. Exactly. And then you've achieved what you've wanted. You've gotten to know me better. You've mm-hmm. gotten to know my heart a little better. Um, that's a meaningful conversation, which is which is fabulous. Um, asking for advice. How about that? Now that is probably one of the most flattering things that you can do for someone yes. is to appear interested in something that they know about and asking their advice. You know, um, author and playwright Oscar Wilde, he has a quote, and I love it. He says, we all admire the wisdom of those who come to us for advice. <laughs> I love Oscar Wilde. Don't you love him? Yes. He's fabulous. <laughs> and, and it's very true. You must be really smart to come and ask my advice. That's we, right. We all value our own wisdom. And so uh, it's great that we recognize that in others. It's important also to remember this when you're in a conversation with someone, and I believe this is important, and if you've ever had this happen, you would understand, um, it's important that we try not to hijack conversations. You know what I mean? Yes. Like we want to allow the person we're talking to to finish out a thought or a story, right? Allow it to come to conclusion and to wrap it up before we redirect the conversation. Or one up the conversation. Or one up. the, And that's a common yes. mistake that yes. folks make. You don't want to really have a conversation with somebody who's just waiting for you to finish your story so that they can tell theirs quickly. Right. Right. And, and so really it's kind of important to do that. I have a little rule of thumb that I use when I'm talking to someone. Let's say, for example, that you have just shared something with me that you've done. Let's say you've been to a dog show and you're telling me about it. Well, let's say that I've also just taught my dogs some new trick in my backyard, and um, I want to share that with you. I don't want to just cut you off as soon as you finish telling me your story and tell you my story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not like a back and forth that quickly. I try to make a point to always ask two follow-up questions to what you have said. That's brilliant. You think? That is brilliant. Well, it, it works, I think, because then what I might say is, well, tell me about that. Did you win any ribbons? You know, don't be so eager and quick to jump to your story. Right. Let that person kind of finish it up, wrap it up. It's going to make them feel like the stories that they've told or what they're communicating to you is important. Also... 
I think it's helpful to lose the extraneous details. I always say it's good to have a relevance filter when you're talking to folks. Is this truly (laughs) of interest to the other person or is this just really of interest to me? And if they're snoring, you have a clue. You have a very, (laughs) if they have, yes, or or a dazed sort of look. If their eyes are glossing over, you may be giving too much detail, right? And then conversation is a, it's a, it's a fun game. It's like a tennis match back and forth. You talk, I talk. It's not a, you know, it's not a game of solitaire. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the idea is that we are learning and growing and nurturing relationships, creating new uh, knowledge, meeting new people. And I'll tell you, if you become a good conversationist, everybody is going to want to talk to you. They'll see you coming and they will want to walk up to you rather than run in the other direction. Fabulous tips, Jenny. You think? <laughs> And we love the fact that you are part of this conversation with us every week. Thank you so much for being here. And we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you want to talk about. Email radio at southernsistershome.com. Have a terrific week. We'll see you next Saturday. Thank you for joining us here at Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta. If you have questions for Jenny, want more information about something you heard on today's show, or want to enter any of the Southern Sisters contests, visit southernsistershome.com. And remember to connect with Jenny on Facebook at Southern Sisters Home with Jenny McCormick Earhart.